This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. What is up? How's everybody doing tonight? Whoa. Who had, who had some days, days off school this week? Anybody? Nice. The ice took you out. Love it. Love it. So how many of you have ever, you know, followed somebody on social media, whether it's a celebrity or maybe somebody that you, you kind of knew or thought you knew, and you follow them on social media just to find out that they're completely different in real life than they look to be on social media? Like, this is something where you follow somebody and you're like, ooh, they have it all together. They have all their stuff. They're this type of person. And then you maybe meet them in real life and you're like, huh, you are nothing like your Instagram page. See, you and I, we know that, that you can hardly tell everything about someone just based on outward appearances. We think we can sometimes, but we really can't. It's, it's possible that, that maybe, that just maybe, it's the people that we underestimate the most, the people that we look at and think maybe they have nothing for us who could add the most value to our lives. And if you've ever wondered how to tell who somebody really is or how to tell who you really are, then you're in the right place. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. But first, I want us to play just a little game. It's, it's not anything crazy, but a, few, a while ago, maybe even a few years ago, there was this, this trend going around where they were taking like hyper-realistic-looking images things that are in real life, and they were making them out of cake. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, where you could see something and be like, oh, is that cake, is it not? If you don't, you're about to find out. So let's see if you can tell the difference. We've got a few images here. Pull up the first one. Is this one cake, or is it real? Just, just shout it out. Cake. Think it's cake? All right, go to the next one. Yo, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Go to the, all right, is this one real? Is it cake? What is this? See, I hear mixed reviews about what this one is. It's a book, straight up real. All right, go to the next one. Is this cake or real? Got some real, got some cake. All right, go to the next one. It's cake! That's crazy. All right, we got one more. Cake or real? Yep, I no longer know what anybody is saying, so go to the next one. It's cake. Cool. Listen, this, this is something that is it's kind of cool, right? But we do this all the time. We can do this with food. You can do it with cake. Like, is it real? Is it not? Whatever. But the truth is, is that we use what we see to draw conclusions about all sorts of different things in our life. 
We do this all the time. And maybe more than anything else in our lives, anything else, we do this with people. We draw conclusions from the moment we see them. We see one image of them. In fact, studies, they show that it takes just seven seconds to make a first impression. So think about that just for a second. How many people have you met and had seven seconds with, and you've given them some kind of first impression of who you are? So you can be sure that, that like a large part of that first impression, it's based on how someone looks. It's just the truth. We see somebody and we make a first impression based on what we see. And it makes kind of sense why we do this, right? Like our brains, they, if, you, if you know the study of our brains, they really like categories. They like to put labels on things. It's how our brains work. So the faster that we can put someone into a category or put someone into a group, then it's the less work that our brains have to do. And if we're just being honest, our brains are a lot like us. They like less work. They want it to be quick. They want it to be easy. They want to do the least amount of work possible. So our brains will group things together and put things in categories. So like slapping a label on someone or, you know, as soon as, we, as soon as we see them or as soon as we can, it's more than just something that's convenient or something that we do. It saves our brains energy. Like, this is the way that, that people have almost always worked. In fact, there's this story in the Old Testament, and many of you may have heard it, and if you haven't, that's totally cool. But it's a guy named Samuel, and he was a prophet of God. And what a prophet means is that, that God would speak to Samuel, God would speak to him, and then Samuel would be the one to communicate God's message to God's people. And at this point in time, in, this, in the scripture and where Samuel's at in his life, the Hebrew people, they had just become their own kind of kingdom, okay? And God wanted to be their king. God wanted to be the king of the, the Hebrews. And there was, this, there was this one problem, though. The Hebrew people, they didn't want to look to some, like, something they couldn't see. They didn't just want to look at their surroundings. They didn't want to do that. They wanted a human, flesh and blood king. They didn't want it to be God, necessarily. They wanted someone that they could see and say, that's our king, like all the other kingdoms around them had. So a guy named Saul became their king, and Saul was a really good king for a long time until he wasn't. But it didn't take a super long time before this king started, being king started to go to his head. He got cocky, he got arrogant, he quit representing God and leading people, and leading the people the way that God wanted him to. So God told Samuel, that prophet, he told him there's going to be a new king and that Samuel was going to go find him. And the only problem was God was not very specific about who this king was going to be. It was, they only told Samuel, God only told Samuel what family that he would come from. So Samuel heads to that family, and there's a family of a man named Jesse. And he goes to Jesse's family to find that next king of Israel. And here is what happened next. In 1 Samuel 16.6, it says, When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab, and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. So in other words, Jesse's son Eliab looked like he could be a king. 
He was big. He was strong. He looked tough. He looked powerful. This, was, this had to be the one that God wanted. But the author of Samuel goes on to say this. He says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And the story goes on, and one by one, Jesse brings out all of his sons. And they're all, they all look like they could be the next king. And each one of them, Samuel assumes, is going to be the next king of Israel. But over and over again, God tells Samuel, nope, not this one either. Keep going. You're wrong. And the story, it sums up what, what all of us may have experienced at, at one point or another in our lives. It's that, it's that what we see, it makes us draw a conclusion that ends up being totally wrong. I know I've done that so many times in my life where I see something and I come up with this conclusion in my mind of how things are going to turn out or what's right, and then it all happens, and I'm like, whoa, I have no idea what I'm talking about. See, we size someone up, or someone sizes us up, and we make these assumptions about them, and they are way off, all because of what we see or what we don't see. Samuel did it. Jesse did it. See, they missed what God could see. And the problem is, is that you and I do this all the time, right? all the time. We make comparisons. We size others up. We think that we, we, we know what we see, or we think that we know exactly what it is that's in front of us, or what we believe in our minds is what's right. But the truth is, is that God's judgment, God's standard, the way God sees things is the only way that matters. And God doesn't make quick assumptions, He doesn't just look at someone on the outside and just make an assumption about them. So when we look at ourselves and we look at someone else, we might see a world of difference. But the question is, is what does God see in them? What does God see in us? God's image is what he sees. See, God sees his image in us and he sees his image in them which leads to this even bigger question. We might, we might deny, like think about it just for a second for yourself. Maybe you would deny that you, that you judge people or that you look down on certain people. But there's, there's one test that really reveals what and how we really see someone. So here's a couple of questions, and I want you to just think about this in your own head. Do you ever, or are you able to celebrate someone or gas somebody up or hype someone up that you absolutely don't get along with? Can you, in in all of your sincerity, from the bottom of your heart, find something to, to hype up or to celebrate about someone that you consider to be really different from you or someone that has wronged you maybe in your life? Can you see the image of God in those people who you don't like? To those people who really, really annoy you every single day? 
What about when you look at somebody who is less privileged than you? People who are materially poor, people with, with different physical or different cognitive abilities or capacity to understand what you can. How do you see the image of God in them? When you see someone who has it a lot easier than you, who you think of as less oppressed in life or having a more privileged life, does that make you angry or resentful toward them? Do you believe in your heart that the image of God is there in the people that you dislike? It's a tough question. It's hard. You have to wrestle with it. Because a lot of us would sit here and say, I don't, I don't judge people. I don't look down on people. But then when we go through these lists of questions, some of us start to look inward and say, okay, this is more complicated than it seems. See, it's hard to accept that maybe someone who devalues other people has value in themselves, is made in the image of God. How do you, how do you handle knowing that, that everyone is made in the image of God? Everyone. People who've hurt you, people who do bad things all over the world, those people who have done incredible harm to others, who've made you angry, or who have even just annoyed you, how do you handle knowing that they're made in the image of God? See, God sees the bigger picture. And you, you're invited to see others the way that God sees them too. See, the thing is, is that we can, we can make a judgment about someone and be completely off. But we can also make a judgment of someone and we can totally nail it. That person or, or that group of people, they've gotten it completely wrong. They've done something they shouldn't. They've rightly earned that label that they have. But them, even those people, God sees something in them that, that we can't always see. So what does God see? What does God see in everyone? Well, God sees that person as, as a beautiful creation and a person who was gifted in the image of God. And let's, let's be honest. That can be really, really difficult for us to accept. That someone that we would look at and say, man, they do everything wrong. They purposely hurt me or hurt my friends or hurt people around me. How can even they be made in the image of God? See, there's a passage from the book of Psalms. It's a book that it's considered a kind of, of poetry or even songs, right? And it's found in what we call the Old Testament. And it talks about this idea of being made in the image of God. And we just got done studying in our last series uh, from Proverbs. And if you missed any of that, you can check it out on our Tribe podcast and catch up. But Psalms and Proverbs are, are different, so don't get them confused. A lot of people just lump them all together, think they're the exact same thing. Um, they're not. They have similarities, but 
Psalms is a more poetic thing. It has a more poetic feel to them, and they aren't necessarily like pieces of, of wisdom to learn from, like, like Proverbs was, as much as they are just truths about God and worship to him. So this psalm, it was written by King David, the son of Jesse, that was chosen to be king after Saul. So that story we just heard about, about, about Jesse and his sons, well, King David was the one that was chosen, and here's what he wrote in Proverbs. He said, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So it may be tempting to read that and and relate to it, right? Relate to what David is saying because the same is true for us. God made us. God is with us. We are are all God's complex workmanship, and God sees us as as precious and valuable. But but here's the thing. Those aren't just truths that David wrote about himself to make us feel good about ourselves, to inspire us and to make us feel good. These things are true about everybody, every single person even the people that you may not want it to be true about. See, God is with the person that we don't like. God created your not-so-favorite teacher at school. God sees your annoying little brother or sister as precious. In other words... Knowing that you are valuable to God is never meant to make other people less valuable to you. Knowing you're valuable to God was never meant to make other people less valuable to you. See, all people were created on purpose and for a purpose. And that means that that God's image is in each and every person that we meet. See, God is deeply involved in part of every person's life. We might look at someone and see a bad decision maker or an annoyance to you or a frustrating personality, but God sees someone that is made in his image. See, everyone is someone made uniquely in God's image. So, so what do we do with all that knowledge, right? That understanding, what do we do once we know that that's the truth? How do we begin to see others like there may be more to them than we might first see? How do we begin to see others as if they were made in the image of God? Well, first off, we have to know who we are. 
You have to know who you are. And the truth is that we can look at any number of places and find any number of labels that will tell us who we are and who we aren't, right? Some of them may even be true for a time. Some may make sense and some may not. Some may fit and some don't. But there's only only one person, only one being who can definitely answer who you are. See, the who you are, that does not change. No matter what you do, no matter what you don't do, no matter what you accomplish in life, no matter what you don't accomplish, no matter who you become or don't become, what God says about you is the truest thing about you. You were made in God's image. You were made to look like God, to show the world what God is like. And in Jesus, we have that perfect example of what that is. See, just like the people that that we find hard to love, the reality is we aren't perfect either. See, Jesus first saw us in the image of God. And God loves us so much, so much that even though we all mess up, even though we treat some people poorly, even though we have all these things in our lives and in our past maybe that we wish we hadn't have done, he still sent Jesus here to earth to die for us so that we could be made right with him. You see, in order to to truly see other people in the way that God sees them, we first have to realize that despite all of our baggage and all the bad stuff that we carry, that God still chose to save us, that God still loved us and loves us. And when it comes to our individual lives, each and every one of us, we have to start where Jesus started, which was with love. So if you want to learn to see people the way that God does, you first have to choose to follow Jesus, right? You first have to admit our need for a Savior, what we need. You first have to accept and understand that that God loved us even in our sin, even when we didn't deserve it. And in that, he, he saw the image of God in us even when We weren't doing a great job of showing God's image to other people. And when we do this, we then can see how we can do it for others because it was first done for us, right? When we choose to follow Jesus, it's it's more than just saying that we believe in him, more than just saying, yeah, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus. But it's, it's choosing every single day to to dedicate your life to following him. See, Jesus loved us despite all of our flaws. Jesus chose us and saw us in the image of God. Jesus loved us first. And Jesus tells us to love our neighbor. And these days, our neighbor can mean our actual neighbor, next door, or maybe it's a global neighbor, it's someone at school, it's wherever you are. Don't think of neighbor as just the person that's right next to you, that's just like you. 
Your neighbor is anyone that you can reach. See, we're so much more connected now in this world than we ever have been before. See, this makes seeing the image of God in others, no matter where they are in the world, an easier thing for us to do. But not only is is loving our neighbor something that Jesus asked us to do, it's something that Jesus knew would not only be good for our neighbor, but it would be good for us. See, whenever, whenever we withhold love, or we withhold acknowledging God's image in somebody else, this is just the truth of it. We end up missing out on how big God really is. It shrinks our view of God and it limits our human experience. See, this question of, of who am I, it's a big question. And trying to, to answer that question, it can feel really overwhelming and feel stressful. But what if, what if tonight, what if tonight you, you actually started living like you know who you are? Because the reality is, and the truth of it is, is that who you are is made in the image of God. See, what if people could look at you and your life and they could see God because of who you are and how you live? What if you could start to look at other people and you could look at them and look at them as as image bearers and see God in them? See, how would that change how we treat them, how we view them, and that they're not just labels that we've slapped on them? See, everyone, everyone, is someone made uniquely in the image of God. And that's, that's really great news, actually. And it can shape so much of how we approach life. See, living like that is true. It means looking to see God in each and every person that you encounter, no, no matter how different they might be from you and how they look and how they behave and, what they, and how they believe. And if you're really looking, you can see God's image in them too. And as difficult as it might be, as hard as it might be, to believe that it's true, I want you to just take a second and imagine living a life like it was. Imagine living life like that is true. Imagine what would happen in our community if we started to see people the way that God sees them. If we started to see God in each and every person that we encountered. So we'd be able to show others what a life of following Jesus could look like. You could be a living example of the kindness, the love, and the patience that God offers everyone. See, not only is that unexpected, it's what makes us unique as followers of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's that's kind of a world that I wish we could live in, a world where we saw each other like God sees us, where we offered each other peace and love 
and kindness. So as we, as we wrap up here and we head back into worship here in just a second, I want you to think about your response to a couple of questions. And the first question and this is an important one that we have to ask ourselves, is do you see yourself as made in the image of God? Think about that question. Really wrestle with it. And then I want you to think of one person, maybe a couple, but at least one person who's someone that you have a hard time getting along with. Someone that has annoyed you in the past or hurt you or bothered you or done something that is tough to forgive? Is there a way that you can see God's image in them? So first ask yourself, do you see yourself as made in the image of God? Then think of that one person and ask yourself, is there a way that you can see God's image in them? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for bringing us here tonight. Thank you for each and everything that you do for us every day. And I pray tonight that, that all of us, we would understand who we are, who we are in you, that we're made in your image, that you see us as a beautiful creation, as precious, and that no matter no matter what it is that we've done in the past, no matter what it is that we did this morning or will do tomorrow, that you still see us as made in your image, as your creation, as your children, and that your love for us never changes. I pray that we would know that in our hearts, that you love us and that we are made in your image and made to show people who you are. And I pray that even more than that, that we would see other people that same way. We'd begin to see people how you see them. That we would reciprocate that, that love, that kindness, that patience that you have to others. Even people that it seems difficult to do so. I pray that you would give us the strength to do it, the courage to love people the way that you love us. Help us to do it each and every day. And help us to show people who you are with each action and everything that we do. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.